3: it's Friday. It is March 8th. It's 2019 and we have 9 basketball games to talk about here on today's slate. Joined by my good buddy Bobby Phi. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Doing good, man. I actually got prepared for this slate early knowing we were doing the show. Excited to be doing it again on a big slate. I know we got to get right to it, so we'll jump we'll jump into it, I guess, because it's uh it's a big slate, but it's it's kind of weird where there's not so many like there's a lot of really good plays, but there's not like so many outstanding plays yet i think there's going to be more that open up with value and all that but there's a lot of good plays and not so many great plays in the state so it's kind of interesting to get into
3: very interesting indeed if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out at fantasydraft.com sign up through the rotor grinders links that way you guys get access to any cool promo that fantasy draft runs with rotor grinders and um, if you want to play in the Listeners League, the Listeners League will be posted in the comment section on Roto Grinders podcast page. Go to RotoGrinders.com slash podcast and click on the recent morning grind. You'll see it right there with Bobby Fye and myself. And uh, just go down, scroll down to the comment section. That's how you can get in on playing in the Listeners League. It's the last Listeners League of the February, January, first week of March kind of battle royal hit thing that we got going on here. So um if you guys want to get in on it last chance to win um and um you know have a chance to be the king of the month for the morning grind so like bobby said we got nine games a lot to talk about here a lot of injuries a lot of plays that we got to kind of go through so we're going to get started with washington at charlotte 234 total here charlotte favored by four and a half and when we look at injuries this is one of the games that it seems like everybody's going to be pretty good to play. Um, outside of the guys that have been out, so let's start with Washington, Bobby. What are we looking at here on the Wizards?
2: I think with the way that they're playing, like even at this extremely high price, like on a huge slate, like a a Beal play like makes sense to me. I probably would want want to run it back because I would count on. I mean, this game like Charlotte's allowed teams to play to their tempo, whatever team, whatever tempo the teams play at, and Charlotte's been playing faster since the break, like. Their rotations more condensed. This is like a sneaky game stack you could do early on. I like Beale. I like Saderanski, especially on the uh, Washington side. I understand the Portis thing. I just don't think on this kind, these kind of slates. I usually like to jump at a guy like that. Um, just you know, if he was like, hey, he's cheap enough. But like for me, that's not where I'm uh, like into it. I I have so actually honestly a little bit more interested in Jabari Parker. Um, I think everyone's in play, but I think that the main guys for me are. Beal and Sataransky, and mostly I'm looking at as, as a stack or a mini stack, or just avoid um, the Washington side of this game, which you know could be a mistake, but I really I really like it as a stack. I just don't I think the game needs to stay close in a certain way. I could see this being like one of those 125, 120 games though.
3: Yeah, I do like the spot for Bradley Beal. I think he's firmly in play here. I don't love Satarinsky. I think he's in play because of the minutes and the price but I'm kind of with you. I like this spot for Jabari Parker. Um, You know, we can't trust anything when it comes to Jabari Parker. He disappears on the court sometimes, but they're going to give him minutes when he's playing well. And obviously they want to win games here. So Jabari Parker has like the ceiling to win you a tournament. So if you look at at his points
2: per minute on this team, sorry to interrupt. Um, his point per minute since he's, since he switched teams, like is as good as anybody's, you know what I mean? Sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I no, was, you're
3: fine. You're fine. Like,
2: so. you know, going on, going with your point, like this guy is literally putting up his fantasy points per minute are crazy. And if he gets somehow ends up with the 20, 28 to 32 minute range, like it's a really interesting play. Cause there's like, there's 50 point upside with the way that guy plays.
3: Yeah, for sure. A lot of upside anytime Parker takes the floor. Um, You know, especially in this matchup, you know, when you look at this matchup as a whole, it should be a really good game. It has a massive total. um, And Washington being on the road probably makes this game, you know, very competitive as well. And obviously, realistically, both these teams can still make the playoffs in the East. Like the eighth and the the seventh and eighth seed, even technically the sixth seed, is pretty open um, as far as just this whole Eastern conference. So, you know, obviously with these two teams being like two games, separating each other and both trying to make that run, like this game is going to be very competitive and we can expect tighter rotation. So it leans like this matchup leans to me, not like playing like a Thomas Bryan and playing like a Jabari Parker, thinking that this game might go a little smaller. Um, on the Charlotte side of things, what do we give this all of a sudden Frank Kaminsky getting minutes um, thing? Like, are we trusting this? It, you know, we always have to watch trends, and like we're watching this trend of nothing suggests that he should be playing more, but he is. Um, well, the
2: the coach came out and said that they, they're trying to stick with their tighter rotations and they want to stick with what they want to do going forward. And that Kaminsky will be a big part of that. I think he said that after the Brooklyn game, Um, that was after the first, you know, and look, he's been incredibly efficient and really, really good on the court. When we get into this giant slate and there's going to be a lot of value that opens up, you know, like even in the last game, he got 23 minutes. He was four or five from three, eight for 11 from the floor, and he put up 26. I'm not even sure 26 at 3,900 is going to be enough today, tomorrow, whenever you're listening. Um, it it It's an interesting play. I just don't think that it's uh, – I'll probably have some of it, but I think that there's going to be more value that opens up that we'll talk about later and that we we'll probably don't even know about yet um, to where it becomes not such a great play.
3: Yeah, obviously, like – I, I just want to mention it. Like, it seems like the minutes might be real. Um, so, like, that that's obviously something I wanted to talk about. But really, looking at this matchup, like, it's a really good Kimba spot, right? Like, you know, he's not 9K. He's not 10K. Um, you know, Kimba is 8,100 on DraftKings. He's cheap on Fantasy Draft. Like, when we look at this matchup overall, it's like... Washington's one of the worst teams in the league against point guards. Why are we not playing Kimba at this price? Like a guy that has 30% usage against Washington at 8,100.
2: Load him up. I mean, just one of the top overall plays in the slate, in my opinion. Like, I, look, if he goes five for 17 or five for 21 again, and he only gets you 36 and 32, so be it. Those are in really the toughest matchups you can get basically in basketball, two of the four toughest matchups in basketball. And now he's got Washington on the other side. It is different. Like since like with wall, they were even worse defensively. Sadoransky a better defender, but it doesn't matter. Um, I don't expect Kemba to keep shooting like this. I expect Washington to keep this game somewhat close. I like Kemba better than anyone else in this game. I think that he breaks out of that little mini slump from the last couple games and I think that at 8100 like I have a ton of interest in him and he's not the only guy on this side like that's what makes this an interesting game stack I know there's a lot of games to talk about but I do think this is like the early like mini game stack or full game stack that you can you can go with and th- this could be a really really big high scoring game that you know maybe people will overlook a little bit
3: Um Batum didn't shoot the ball well the last two games, but his minutes are very consistent right now. They want this tight core. Is Batum somebody we can continue to look at? And I'll let you talk about anything else that you might like for Charlotte.
2: Yeah, I love Batum and I I like, I like Lamb as well. Like this is, these are like, I feel like the minutes for Lamb, like forget the last game. That was a little bit of a fluky situation, but I, I think the minutes for all these guys are pretty secure. And there is huge upside in a, uh, against a team that plays as fast as Washington does, as poor defense as they play, uh, give it, gives up as many threes as they do. Like all of these guys are firmly in play. I just think that it's Walker, Batum, then Lamb for me, um, then Kaminsky. I, I, I think Kaminsky would be higher if there was like no value, but I think there's more value on the slate. So that's where I'm at right now.
3: Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at as well. I could see you using Frank the tank. Like, mm-hmm. c- can he keep shooting this high? Probably not. But the fact that, like, Kaminsky's getting minutes and playing around like 25 minutes, it's like, all right, well, like, you got to you, you respect that enough that, like, he's still under 4K. They really haven't adjusted his price too much. Like, he's not 4,500 or 5K. Um, Kind of stalling. I was waiting to try like Kaminsky's 4,400 on FanDuel. Like they've adjusted his price a little bit more over there. So I'm likely to play some other value plays, but FanDuel's pricing lately has been so strong and hard that like you're probably looking at Frank Kaminsky at 4,400 on FanDuel.
2: Sure. I think that makes some sense. Um, I also just want to mention that like it Kaminsky's minutes are real to an extent but I want to point out that Zeller has been in foul trouble every one of those games. Now he's been in foul trouble pretty much all of the last six, seven games he's played, but he was in foul trouble in the first quarter in all of those games. Um, I'm not saying that's entirely as to do with this, but just thinking something worth like noting. And if he doesn't get in foul trouble in this game, like is he in play on a smaller slate, probably yes, not on this slate, but I just want to point that out in case, people get too in love with Kaminsky. If Kaminsky ends up like 20 plus percent owned, I think you got to be more on the fade train on tournaments for sure.
3: Fair enough. Let's move on. Dallas at Orlando, 213 and a half total here. Orlando favored by seven in this game. JJ Barea is out. Uh, Maxi Kebler is questionable. (laughs) And then um, (laughs) Mo Bamba. Mo is still out for the Orlando Magic. So is Fultz. Fultz is still out as well. Let's talk Dallas here. Um, You know, obviously, Brea being out, that's been a thing. And Brunson's been, you know, sort of a value play. But keep talking about Dwight Powell. And I I played him at 5,900 against Washington the other night. No regrets. Knew that he was priced probably a little too high for for that game. Now he is 6,700, Bobby. The Magic, they've been better defensively as a team this season. But they still don't rebound the basketball very well. Can we pay 6700 for Dwight Powell?
2: If you pay 6700 for Dwight Powell on this slate, unless you know he's less than 5% owned, there's something wrong with you. And he won't be 5% owned. He'll be owned. It's the same thing we talked about with Valanchunas last time. I think I was on the show with you. Um, it's such a silly play at these prices when the guy has literally twice, and I know it's been recent, once really like, we don't want this, none of this. We don't want him taking up our center spot. Let's not talk about Dwight Powell. Like, I understand it. If he ends up in a lineup or two, it's only going to be because he's going to be unowned. I don't want any parts of Dwight Powell um, at 6,700 on this slate. I just don't.
3: Uh, what else What else are we looking at here for Dallas?
2: I mean, Luka, like, I just don't, I don't love this for anybody. I think Brunson is the best play. If not for the blowout, Brunson would be like, chalkier than he's going to be and the guy like if you look at his production for his price he's been really really solid except for the two massive blowouts and not solid necessarily every game but like he certainly flashed the upside um at his price he's kind of interesting to me um the magic have struggled against true point guards like i know luca we could argue is obviously that for them for sure he is but like brunson will have some of that role as well like he's kind of interesting at 3.7. I like him better at 3.7 than I do um, our guy. We were just talking about uh, Kaminsky.
3: Yeah. um, I'm probably still in Kaminsky. I hate playing Jalen Brunson after he burned me. And that's just straight spite Um, burner. (laughs) Like you gotta like Luca here, right? I know he's expensive, but, like the guy has just massive upside every time he takes the floor. Like that sixty-point game against Washington, that's his ceiling. Like he, he has that ceiling. The only problem with Luca here, I, yeah, we'd like him. It's a great spot, but ninety-three hundred is just like uh, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could pull the trigger, but I wouldn't be shocked if Luca wins somebody a tournament here.
2: He has seventy-plus upside. I think actually. Like I think that. The problem is, like, that match against Washington was perfect for him. The game flow was perfect. He missed some shots. He actually could have gone higher. He's fine. When you look at the overall slate, it becomes like, do I really want to play him at 9.3? And that's why I think initially when I was looking at players on my list, he was one of the guys I, I had on my list. But then I was going through it, and I was going, okay, I don't know if I'm going to – maybe I'll have a share or two of them, but, like, he's definitely not going to be a main – play for me just because of the other guys in the slate
3: um anything else from dallas i will say like
2: blowout potential by the way in this game i just want to point that out dallas getting blown out recently is not a coincidence
3: yeah um do we look at I, i i don't even want to say this out loud but do we look at like justin jackson in this game do we look at um you know dfs finney smith because like, if Keebler sits, like, these two guys played, you know, 25 minutes the other night. Like, Justin Jackson out of nowhere got an uptick. Um, What are we doing in that situation? Like, do we look at these guys, or is it just too big of a slate to even consider those guys?
2: I mean, we've seen Justin Jackson with minutes before in Sacramento, and he did absolutely nothing with them. Like, look, he made five of seven threes, you know? Good no, I, Hey,
3: listen, I'm, I'm on I'm on the same page as you. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm trying to yeah, cover all can,
2: bases here. Sure. No, absolutely, man. Like, just on this slate, if you're making these kind of plays, unless they're, like, maybe as a one percenter and a million, if you're playing a bunch of lineups, so I'm not going to say never play these guys, but, like, it just feels so thin on this kind of slate.
1: More than a magic side THJ of things.
2: More than anything else, by the way. I didn't mention that one. What's I do that think that? that there's upside for THJ. Oh, okay. uh just at 4.7 the price is too cheap he shot the ball poorly his usage is still pretty decent um it it's it's just a minutes versus upside play at just at 4.7 where one of these days he's putting up you know 47 and we're like why don't we play him you know what I mean like he's he's got plenty of upside at this price they had the two blowouts other than that he's been at 26 35 29 34 since he's been here so just A much like a really like sneaky under the radar play that's probably safe if this game stays close
3: magic side of things dallas actually ranks 30th in defensive efficiency this season they're one of the worst teams against point guards and forwards and centers um if this was a a four or five game slate maybe even a six game slate i think i'd really be thinking about dj augustine in this matchup i think it's just too big of a slate we can talk about vooch maybe aaron gordon what are we looking at here on the magic
2: I think Vooch is the play. Um, I wish it was a smaller slate because he burned everyone the other night, so no one's going to play him anyway. But they wouldn't do it anyway on the slate. I love Vooch here. I think that he absolutely goes nuts. They have nobody to match up with him. Um, Their numbers versus the center, you can't measure because DeAndre Jordan actually was really good versus the the opposing centers for once this last year and a half. Um, And I I really like Vooch here. Like I think this is one of those guys at 9 – in this, like, I think that I would take Vooch over Dontich. I think there's like, I think Vooch has 70 plus upside if this game stays close. The problem is I really think the Magic can control this game with so many, in so many ways. I don't think they're going to need him to go nuts. Um, I do like him a lot. I'll still have a lot of exposure to him, but I don't think I'm touching any of the other Magic, although I wouldn't be surprised if all of them got there.
3: Yeah, magic have been on a nice little run i know they lost the last two games um so could be a nice little bounce spot spot after losing to cleveland and philadelphia so i do like Vooch here um you know i continue to talk about this teams that are trying to make the playoffs they're gonna have tight rotations they're gonna play a lot of minutes like aaron gordon right now like his ceiling is massive every game because of how many minutes he's playing like he's been one or two rebounds away from double doubles in like 40 point games, like multiple times over the last few games. So like Aaron Gordon at 6,900 seems expensive, but this guy can go for 50 plus in this matchup. So I don't think I'd play Gordon and Vooch on the same team, but maybe if I'm not playing Vooch, I think you can look at Aaron Gordon on the magic. And that's really all I got on the magic side.
2: Yeah. On a bigger slate, I would totally agree with you. Like in, in general with Gordon, um, I think that I would probably just lean Vooch in this one, but I do think that the Gordon play makes a lot of sense. Like, and I trust your opinion. You're a magic guy. So I actually have to now note that Aaron Gordon has to be in my script somewhere.
3: Like, Just, just look at the minutes, man. Like they're just, yeah. Like Clipper, we, we saw this a few times that like when he was the coach of Charlotte, like he would play, yeah. Those guys in that tight, like, seven-man rotation, eight-man rotation. Hey,
2: you're telling me I made a lot of – that was one of my my go-to teams last year, like, because of this. Like, I get, I get it. So, yeah. Uh, moving
3: on, Detroit at Charlotte – or Detroit at Chicago, sorry. I know we have a bunch what of games,
2: but can I just ask you real quick, like, Terrence Ross thoughts?
3: The problem with Ross – like, I, I like Terrence Ross in general, and I wish that, like – you know, you can't look at the last game against Cleveland. He's still putting up his shots, right? Like, that's not the mm-hmm. problem. The problem is, like, Ross's upside is when they were given Fournier, like, 28 minutes, and Ross could get into that 30-minute range and get, you know, four or five extra more shots. Like, they're just playing Fournier so much right now that, like, I I have a tough time playing Ross because Fournier is playing so much, and they want mm-hmm. to play Fournier over Ross the thing about Ross, though, is his ceiling's always there because when he gets hot, they let him play more. So yeah. in a game that he gets hot, like, he's going to play probably 28 to 30 minutes. In games that he doesn't, you know, in, you look at the Cleveland game. He didn't shoot well in that game, but they let him play down the stretch, um, you know, in the game that wasn't that close. So that's why he played 29 minutes in that game instead of, like, 25.
2: Thanks, man. Yeah, no, I appreciate it because I, he's always a guy who I love to play. I mean, like, he was one for 12 against Cleveland. Like he's a guy I love to play in tournaments, especially on these big slates. Cause the ceiling is the perception of his ceiling is like in the thirties range. But in reality, like this guy scored 50 fantasy points and 50 real life points in the game off the bench in Toronto when they weren't Toronto now, you know what I mean? Like he was, he has that kind of like, heat check kind of thing that i look for like a Dion waiters type like but much like on a higher scale with this team so i think he's a guy to just look at look for in tournaments any any night
3: yeah like if you're playing if you're scripting or if you're playing like a large field tournament top heavy payout tournament like he's a guy you play like he's a mm-hmm. guy you take shots on like if you're a one lineup guy like I, I don't know if this is the right slate to play him in one lineup but like I, if i was scripting like bobby if i'm making 100 plus teams on this slate I'm probably playing at least 10% Terrence Ross because he's such a difference maker. Now he's under 5K again. So um, that's kind of where I'm at on him. Like, I I worry about the minutes, obviously, like I said, with Fournier. But if Ross gets out there and he starts shooting the ball well, like, they play him. So I'm not too concerned about it on that aspect. Like, if you're getting the ceiling game and he's shooting well, like, he's going to get the minutes. So, like, the ceiling game is going to happen if he continues to hit shots. So, right. All right, Detroit at Chicago, 218 total here. Detroit favored by four in this game. Zaza is questionable, and Wendell Carter Jr. is still out. Uh, Luke Kennard is probable. Let's start with Detroit. Slight favorites here against Chicago. They've been on a nice run, man. This team's 8 and 2 over the last 10 games. I didn't, I saw that earlier, and I was like, I didn't realize they were playing that well. Um, what are we looking at here on Detroit? You know, Blake and Drummond pretty reasonably priced. Do we trust them here? Do we play them? What are we looking
2: at? Both big men for Detroit are excellent plays. Like, I wouldn't play them together on this slate, but I love them, and I I love running it back. I know this game is not going to be the, the, the fast-paced game um, it's a little bit of an uptick for Detroit. The Bulls have played slower, but they've they'll play a little bit to your pace. But they've played slower um, since the All Star break. Uh, Detroit will play slower. I still like both Blake and Drummond. I think they'll they could both go nuts here. Um, I just like one of them. I I'm, I wouldn't play both of them, but I do like them. And then maybe running it back with a couple spots on the other side.
3: You look at it, and it's like. Blake's going to probably see a lot of marketing and marketing's hit or miss on defense. And Drummond has a mismatch against Lopez, in my opinion. Like, that's Mm -hmm. a match that the Drummond should win. So, you know, I'm with you. I think one of them could crush. Um, I can't get these guys right. Every day that I say one guy, you should play the other one. It feels
2: Blake like to me.
3: Yes, yeah, kind of like, It feels Drummond like to me. So you're probably right. I'm probably wrong. I can't get these no, guys. I've been wrong on these guys like all season. So
2: no, no, no. And it's mostly been Drummond lately. And the prices would reflect. I think it'll, it'll be more Drummond like it with with the recent production. But in it with it in this kind of a matchup where they're going to need someone to create like to create initiate offense like for them. I just feel like Blake makes more sense. Uh, Robin Lopez is a terrific post defender. He's not a terrific defender. He's a terrific post up. Center defender. There aren't very many guys like that, and Drummond is not necessarily one. He can get a bunch of offensive rebounds, like all that can happen. He can go twenty twenty without ever having a play drawn for him. I'm just saying, like giving a little bit of an edge to Griffin and and Markkinen got got totally screwed the other night, like with his, the couple of terrible foul calls early that really threw him off his game. But if we're talking about this game, I think that like playing Blake and running it back, even with Markinen or Levine or Dunn or two of those three with or two of the four, including Porter um, makes a lot of sense to me, even on this slate. I know Dunn's price is going to like, is, is Dunn's price is amazing. I think that Dunn's recent production is going to free people out. Um, I really am going to just keep betting on like the guys that has been fine for this price. Like he's a cash game play at this price for what he's done and he's been terrible and he got, you know, he fell out of a game. Like he's not every game has been act. I don't know. I just feel like this, there's a ceiling here that we haven't seen yet. And I really like done. I like point guards against Detroit anyway. Um, I like Dunn here.
3: Yeah. I like Chris Dunn at this price too. Um, you know, when you, when we talked like Terrence Ross a minute ago and we're looking for just pure ceiling, out of guys under 5k like we have to consider chris dunn as one of those pure ceiling plays because yeah like you said obviously this guy's been paying off his price tag as far as just his floor that makes it even better like you yeah, know well, that mm-hmm. makes me even more excited about playing chris dunn so the minutes are still there he played a few less minutes against philadelphia on the second half of back-to-back what's well, obvious like you know this guy had dealt with some injuries earlier on in the season so like you know, obviously he's going to play a little bit, a few minutes, um, on the second half of a back-to-back after playing 31. So I like Chris down here. I love the call. Um, one other thing I want to mention on Detroit, like Luke Kennard has been playing really well. He's been shooting the ball really well. I don't know if he can continue to shoot the ball really well, but he's been shooting the ball really well. Um, so that's the only other thing that I wanted to mention on Detroit. Um, you know, Levine and porter like these guys have upside so like looking at this game even though it's a slower game i don't want to stack this game i don't want to go four or five people from this game this is a game i could see maybe going two or three people from is there anybody else that we need to talk about here on chicago
2: the bulls are are a team that everyone thinks is tanking and while they may be they're not really, they're playing like we want to build with what we now have as a good core. And they have a nice four-man core for the future with Dunn, Levine, Porter, and Markkinen. So I think they're going to treat they're going to treat it like that. They're going to play these guys a lot of minutes. So I actually do like playing like two of these guys and then one of Blake or Drummond, preferably Blake on the other side. I just think that it's an interesting way to go in tournaments. It's not going to be my staple, but I do like that. And I think Levine, like, his price not even getting raised. I understand it. Cause marketing like marketing was in foul trouble. This guy has a massive ceiling every time. And he touches like every time he plays and he was spectacular the other night and he could do it again anytime. So I have no problem with Levine. I just really like, I like having one of these bowls in a lot of my lineups, I guess.
3: So last question, I've been playing a lot of Robin Lopez. Do I, do I take the night off of Lopez or do I just keep playing? And the guy just like, let's not raise his price and you know, let's just keep putting up 30 fantasy points. Cause he's done that eight of the last 10 games and he's just hanging around five K like he's 5,200 today. It's the highest he's been, but like, they're like, we're not going to raise his price. This is reminds me of like Reggie Jackson from earlier this season. The guy just was putting up, you know, 25, 30 points a night. And like, we're not going to raise his price. So that's how I feel like Lopez is right now.
2: Yeah. I just like the center position and there's too many other guys, but with like huge ceilings but i do get it like i've been playing him a lot too i just think i'm gonna take tonight off
3: yeah like maybe on fantasy draft where you can play like five centers if you really wanted to maybe he ends up maybe he ends up over there um because he's still he's still nice and cheap like uh hashtag raise lopez's price utah (laughs) and memphis 213 and a half total here utah favored by six in this game exum nato are both out rubio is doubtful um and on the memphis side anderson's out brooks is out and jaron jackson jr is out um so obviously a game with a lot of people out and you know anytime you get that like obviously minutes are going to be up but we have one of the lowest we have the lowest second lowest total on the slate um the miami game that's up next is the lowest total by half a point um projected pace on this game is very slow um what are we looking at here on the utah side of things with all these guys out you know i will say like every time rubio's been out this season donovan mitchell's usage has been insane can we trust that in a matchup against memphis
2: no i just think this is the wrong slate to do this kind of thing um (laughs) i'm not going to uh I love Mitchell, but I probably play less of him than most people do. And I think it's mostly to my benefit. Like the, usually the players in this range we're talking about are like guys who don't have to have the craziest night just to light it up. He has those nights, but like, I don't, I'm not going to do it. Um, I think angles makes more sense to me, but I'm not going to do that either. For me, it's just go bear on the jazz side. I think that, I would love to play Jay Crowder, but like it's too big of a slate. And if he was 4k, I would play him. And I think he'll put up 25 to 35 fantasy points. I'd be very surprised if he was not in that range, but I just think that's not the right slate for a 4.8 guy in this big of a slate. So that's the only reason why I'm not.
3: Yeah. Nothing really stands out to me. Like I played Kyle Corver the other night and like he had 15 fantasy points at half and I was like, Oh my gosh, I haven't met 2% in all the major tournaments. My lineup looks really good. And he's like, eh, hey, haha, Stevie. I disappeared in the second half. And obviously <laughs> we know Kyle Corker can do that, but like his minutes have been up with these guys out. Maybe his minutes uptick a little bit with uh, uh Rubio, doubtful, but you know, still I can't trust him on a on a nine game slate to too many, yeah. feel comfortable. Like um Memphis side of things, you know, we look at this game for Memphis and obviously like we got to look at something here with all these guys out, or do we just say this is a game we just stay away from, don't play anybody from this game, and we come out ahead even even if a guy goes for like 40 fantasy points?
2: That's how I feel. Um, It's really – the truth is, like, this is – I don't care what anybody says, and everyone has bias over the last years. This is a weird, like, recency over long-term bias that I have which usually I'm the opposite, but like if there was one play in this game, it's Avery Bradley. Yep. And that is it. Like, and that is your long shot. If you end up with 4.7 left and you're playing a long shot tournament, that's the guy you can play and you can potentially get 10 X on your value. That's the truth. Um, The shots are there. The usage is there. He is playing like Avery Bradley did and he's getting, I mean, he's doing everything too. active Uh, active wing slash guards who can shoot against the Jazz against a stifling defense. Like that's what you want. Avery Bradley's going to be jacking up shots. He's like the one guy consistently we know that about for Memphis. So he's the one long shot tournament play in this game.
3: Yeah, I feel like you like um, hit record the other day when I went on my Avery Bradley, we have to like rethink our process with him rant and I missed that one. It just hit play um well all i was saying like this is avery bradley of boston this is not avery bradley of la like he's he's playing an active role whatever happened in doc river system this is not the same you know system and he's actually like look at the shot attempts if you don't look at anything else just look at the shot attempts from when he played he might in a few, uh, probably not. But as few as many games as he's played with Memphis, he might actually have more shot attempts with Memphis in those few games than he had all season uh, with
2: LA. Like, it's but he—he's the third best player versus the ninth best player on his team. Also, that's also helpful. And but we yeah we know what he can do. Like I mean, anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you again.
3: No, I just think he's like, I think he's feels like he can actually play basketball again. Like he's not he's not a system player anymore. Like they're letting him do his thing. They're letting him shoot obviously. So yeah, like <laughs> never thought we'd get to the point of the season where Avery Bradley would be a guy that, you know, would be our favorite play from a team, but that's, what's where we're at. So uh, Cleveland at Miami two thirteen total here, Miami favored by eight and a half. Uh, Tristan Thompson is out. Zizek is questionable and Gordon Dragic might end up playing. He is questionable as well. Um, Let's start with the Cleveland side of things. Uh, What are we looking at here for Cleveland?
2: Say the same thing every night to all of my students. Kevin Love is a 9K player at a a too cheap a price tag. He got off to a absolutely God awful start the other night and put ended up (laughs) 55 against Brooklyn. And that was Brooklyn. I understand, but he only took 11 shots. Like he's going to have a million rebounds every game. His floor is like 40. Like, just play Kevin Love at this point. Just play him. Um, it worries me a little bit on this, these giant slates, but, like, there's a huge ceiling, and I just think he's a 9K player. I think I'm just going to play Kevin Love, and I'm not going to touch anything else from Cleveland.
3: Yeah, for sure, man. Like, Kevin Love, I played him the other night against Brooklyn. Obviously, made a ton of sense to play him against Brooklyn. Um, so... You know, I I like him a lot, and I don't trust anything else on this team. There's just nothing to trust on anything else on this team. Like, I was playing Osman, but his price finally caught up to the production. He doesn't really have a massive ceiling. He still has a ceiling. He can still go for 40 fantasy points, but he doesn't have, like, the ceiling that I feel like if he has a really good game, he's not going to beat me. If he goes out and he has an amazing game, he might beat me, but I just... I, I don't really love anything, you know, outside of playing love. And then we go to the Miami side. If Gordon Dragic plays, everybody's healthy. Like this has this has the lowest total. And I, I like Miami. I just, the spot is just like one of those spots where it's like, how do we trust anybody from this game?
2: Yeah. If you hear somebody's out or something, any of the bigs, like I would think that, that Bam would actually be the best play in this game. Um, on the Miami side, but assuming somebody else was out, that was a big like. With everybody healthy, I think we just move on.
3: So I will say, every time Miami is on the schedule, the one of the first things I do for my, my Miami research is see if they play that team again. Um, mm-hmm. and they don't play Cleveland again, so I don't oh. mind maybe taking
2: a shot on Dwayne Wade. Um. Oh my God, I'm with you now. Shoot, like well, actually, I'm just say, saying, like, like happened, right, like. It's it not good... in
3: Cleveland, but I feel like there's a Cleveland Miami thing, and like we, we
2: played in Cleveland too. Yeah,
3: I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, I'm with
2: know. it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm gonna be into it. I think. I... Uh,
3: like, I know it's not the right thing to do by any means. Like, I will tell you guys one thing. There is like a hundred percent chance that the, the last game. I, I researched this earlier. That's the only reason I know this. The last game. For Miami in Miami is Philadelphia. Um, like, I think it's like it's it's around like April 10th because that's when the season kind of comes to an end. But like, I, there's no chance I'm not playing Dwayne Wade in his last game in Miami. Like, he's going to be 100. 100- yeah. I might script that day with like
2: 100% weight. You have to. Like, Kobe's last day, he was 60% oh, on. I know. He was 60% on. I'm actually like, how, what were the other 40% thinking? Like what what were they thinking he was gonna do in his like like Kobe's a different species too of being? Like he's even different than Wade. Like, how do you how does forty percent of people not play him? Anyway. That's why so, Wade, Wade, Wade. Yeah, but I'm with you on Wade actually. I think that's actually like it's not just a narrative thing. Like he's getting plenty of usage. Even with Drogic back, it doesn't it's probably not optimal, like, but if you're playing a bunch of lineups, it's definitely worth taking a shot on
3: so you know we don't ever like the football season's over but it was just reported like it came out like 10 minutes ago that the steelers are closing in on a deal with um the buffalo bills for antonio brown
2: the bills are on the way up man wow wow that's a a game changer i mean that's now they have what three of the four fastest receivers in the nfl (laughs) <laughs> on the on one lineup with with on run roster and other receivers can't catch the ball but still like it's kind of interesting like if you put antonio brown and just with one of zay or uh the other kid i can't remember his name they were using it running back um anyway oh that's interesting
3: interesting indeed josh allen's gonna target like antonio brown like 150 times <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean how many like is Antonio Brown not gonna be the number one receiver in the NFL? Is there any way? No way. I think there's a way that he's not the number one wide receiver. I'm trying to think who else it would be. I guess it could be Juju. That's about it.
3: As much as like Ben like locks it on people, I could see that. I could see like I don't know. Like we, we still gotta have like expectations of Josh Allen being a second year quarterback in that division stinks so like i i can see buffalo making this move by the way yeah me too <laughs> do you think like pittsburgh is like where is the worst place we can send antonio brown let's send him to the freezing cold <laughs> buffalo bills uh,
2: literally the worst place for him
3: yeah <sighs> anyway Actually, him, Philadelphia at houston yeah. uh no total on this game which I found it kind of interesting that there was no total on this game because Embiid's already been ruled out, Boban is out, and Farid is out. Um, so going to pay attention to see if there's any more news that comes out of this game heading up into it. Uh, let's start with Philadelphia. What are we looking at here on 76ers?
2: So it really, honestly, a lot. It's funny because I want to do a weird little stack of this game, but I want someone on the Rockets to be out to do it. Um, I guess it's the first time I'm really not stacking Philly in a long time because without Embiid, I think it's the right thing to do. I just don't love the individual spots for anyone at these prices, except for Butler who hasn't shown up really. And then Harris, I'm just not on this slate. Like, I just feel like I'm going to end up passing and Redick makes sense. But like, I just think it's the wrong slate for everybody on this side and or a game stack. Like that's pretty much where I'm at.
3: Yeah. You know, you think about, you think about how like uh Houston, they do give up a lot of threes. Maybe this is a spot you take a shot on Reddick, but it just doesn't seem like the right slate. Like to do that.
2: Uh... Like he's been red hot. And is he even getting you enough to where you're going to be happy? Like that's a really interesting, like game theory question. Like, he he was you know six of nine for three eight of sixteen overall the other night he made his first like four out of set four out of five, um he put up thirty five like that's not enough I mean that's at a ceiling like if we know he's gonna get thirty five we'll take him, but like as a like kind of a ceiling like that just feels like a reach on this slate.
3: Yeah, even like Amir Johnson started the last two games and he's played, you know, 20 minutes in each of those games. But, you know, at 3,500, if he goes for 28, like he's, you know, probably going to end up being a really good fantasy play. But if he goes for that 20 to 23 game, I don't know if that's going to be enough here. So I don't hate Amir if they announce that he's going to start. I think you can potentially look at him as a play, but I don't love it. Um, Houston, you know, the Houston side of things, like, I don't know if you know this, Bobby, but James Harden is still really good at basketball.
2: Oh man, is he? I I wasn't aware. And by the way, I was so with you. You said something the other day, I did catch this on the podcast. You said that if, how does he not win the MVP if he doesn't, it's, this is what I've been saying to everyone. Like, I don't even like, I don't like watching James Harden play. That's my personal opinion. I don't like the style of basketball that Houston plays. I do think that if you don't give James Harden the MVP this year, what are you doing? Like, right. what, are, what is the guy supposed to do? Like, when there was nobody on that team, if you would have taken him off the team, they would have lost every game by 30 points, and you're winning most of those games, and you're, you're going off every single one. Like, I don't know, man. Like, if there's an MVP, that guy won it, like, two months ago, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I understand Giannis is the best player at this moment in the NBA. He's the most dominant, but James Harden deserves the MVP right now.
3: I still think LeBron's most dominant. I, no, no, I don't get, out of here. get out of here! Get out of here! You
2: don't watch. Uh, I, I don't want to get into this debate, but I'm he's just the saying worst like... defensive player I've ever seen. Like right now, he's literally beca- it was hilarious last night. Oh, I, like, I've seen all the clips. Every... No, no, I was. Wa- I mean, I watched the games. Like it's, it's actually brutal to watch. It's if you're that bad defensively, you can't be considered the best player. You cannot be that big of a liability. You can't <laughs> be the worst at your position. Like, come on. Um.
3: <laughs> Sorry. You know, like, yeah, Harden, you know, the dude's almost averaging 37 actual points a game. Like, you know, I remember getting excited when Tracy McGrady was averaging like 29 or something. And like, yeah, I know the NBA has changed a lot, you know, over the last 10 years, but like 30 36.7 actual points per game is just, it's insane. So yeah, like, obviously Harden is in play for me here. Um, and that's kind of what I was trying to get at. Like, you know, you look at the slate and how this slate sets up um you know there are some studs that we haven't got to yet you know like obviously oklahoma city's playing toronto's playing Golden state's playing there there's there's games that we're going to talk about studs but you know anytime that harden takes the floor like he can he should be considered a top play and you know i agree with you i don't love the style of basketball but you have to consider him because any night he can go out and put up 50 actual points um so you know, at 50 actual points, you add in some rebounds, assists, and anything like that, you're looking at like you know, 70, 80, 90 fantasy points. So like Harden always has to be considered as a top play. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's what do we do with the rest of Houston? Like Farid's out. Like, is this a spot where we maybe play Capella, even though he's a little expensive here? Um, against this banged up front court for Philly, or do we just kind of stay away from the rest of this team?
2: I think Capella is too cheap. I think it's a mistake based on recent production. And I think that if we went back to Capella of last year, and I think that's what you'll expect. Like, this is – I feel like this is his – I know he had a big game against Charlotte, but, like, I feel like this is his real breakout game. Like, I feel like he's back. Um, I like the spot for him. They're not nearly as good defensively without, obviously, without Embiid in there. Um, I just think Capella is, like, one of those guys that no one's going to play at 6.7 that could easily put up, like, 50-plus – I really like him here. I love him in this matchup. Philly's been playing really, really quick. Uh, Capella, this should be a great, like, screen and roll. Like, I mean, I w- I would bet Harden has six assists to seven, six to nine assists to Capella alone in this game. I swear. Like, it just feels perfect for that screen and roll. Um, anyway, I-, I think Capella's going to go, I think Capella's, like, the best play on Houston, and I don't think anyone's going to play him, so I love him.
3: Um, any interest in Paul or anybody else, or really it's just Harden and Capella on Houston?
2: No, it's Capella, then Harden for me. That's it.
3: Yeah, that's what I, that's the only two guys I had written down on this team. So we're moving on. Toronto at New Orleans 232.5 total here. Toronto favored by 4.5 in this game. Van Vliet is still out. Drew Holiday's out. Um, Etwan Moore is out, and Okafor is questionable. We'll talk about the New Orleans side here in a second, but let's start with Toronto. I think there's like. I know Toronto is only favored by four and a half in this game. I think there's real blowout risk in this game. And it's hard to say, like, oh, I think there could be blowout in a four and a half spread. But, like, you look at this game and you look at the matchup in, like, New Orleans, no Drew Holiday, like, Anthony Davis playing 20 minutes a night. Like, what
2: are we doing with the Toronto players here? Uh, I think we play Kyle Lowry in a little, like – maybe a little bit of Kawhi, like in a game stack i don't really see any reason to play them outside of that i do think lowry's fine anyway like lowry's i feel safe with and there's enough upside to where i feel good with him but uh, probably mostly going to be in game stacks on this slate
3: um is it crazy i know this seems like a bad play on the slate but like, Siakam just really stands out to me here. Like, just thinking of the matchup, they've committed to giving this guy minutes. If it stays close, I think Siakam has a big game. Um, I just think his style of play fits really well for this matchup against New Orleans. Um, and it being a faster-paced game, I just this is a spot that I think he could have a really big game. And, like, it just comes out of nowhere. Um like I said, I might be crazy. I'm allowed to be a little crazy every once in a while. Yeah, but, that's fine. Uh, just everything lines up for me to like Siakam in this matchup, and it probably shouldn't. You know, you look at defensive efficiency and all, all that stuff, like everything telling you not to play Siakam in this matchup, and like he's just popping on my sheets. So I'm uh, just that's where I'm at on him.
2: If it was a small slate, I would be all over it completely with you. I just don't think I can do it on this slate. I just I can't but Kawhi's i get gonna
3: get rolled out and like everybody's gonna play siakam of now. course
2: yeah why is <laughs> out then he's the best play like on the slate like or one of them i'm just saying like that's gonna be my
3: luck like i, I went on this big spiel of, like why i like siakam and like I'm, we're gonna wake up you're
2: gonna get a lot of credit for it tomorrow then I'm gonna, it's gonna be like bobby why'd you hate siakam yeah
3: right <laughs> um new orleans no Drew Holiday makes a huge difference, right? Like, that's 35 minutes a night. That is – we have to find 35 minutes to kind of go around here. So let's talk New Orleans. You know, obviously Anthony Davis doesn't really – like, he has a ceiling if he played minutes, but, like, they are very, very committed on giving him, like, 20 minutes, in the other, like, a game right now. What are we doing with the Pelicans with no Drew Holiday and no e one Moore?
2: I think Anthony Davis puts up forty more often than he doesn't. I just want to say that, like out loud, It's like even in twenty-two minutes. I just think he does. Like I'm, I'm I, I can't do it on this late, obviously, but it's just it's probably logical. I think that Peyton's like you got to play him. Um, I think you got to play some Kenrich. I think taking shots on Miller makes sense, and taking shots on Jackson makes sense. Uh, but I think Elf is the number one beneficiary here. Uh, I am a little bit weirded out by the spread only being four and a half. Right? It's like the quiet news is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You're probably, <laughs> do they, do they play on Saturday? They probably, oh, do. I'll look it up while you keep going. I swear. I, I would bet they play on Saturday, but anyway, I think that it's, it's elf. Number one, Kenrich Number two, some shots on Darius Miller. But actually, no, actually Frank Jackson. Number three, Darius Miller, number four.
3: Yeah, Raptors don't play again until Sunday. So, okay. They play in Miami on Sunday. And then they play on the
1: Pelicans.
2: What's that? What do you think about the Pelicans?
3: Williams is probably one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. Like we've seen all season. Like he is not a high usage guy, but when, when like Drew's off the floor, he does get a nice bump. And with Drew not playing and they're, they're committed to getting Kendrick Williams minutes, like they, They like his potential. The coaches talked about him on multiple occasions. They've committed to getting him minutes. So, like, I think Kendrick has the highest upside in this matchup. And, like, he's only 4K. It's a tough matchup. But if we're thinking, like, he's going to play 35 minutes and his shot attempts are going to be up by, like, 4 or 6, like, I think he has the upside to win you a slate. But Mm -hmm. Kendrick Williams and Elf Payton are the two plays here. Like, Mm -hmm. you couldn't have been more on point. But I wouldn't be shocked if this game stays close – that Julius Randle didn't have a big game because I I think that like his usage is going to be pretty high in this game as well. Um, you know, he's probably playing 35 to 40 minutes in this game. And, you know, if you put him on the floor with Anthony Davis for half of that, probably a little over half of that, like there's still enough there. So I think drew or not drew Julius Randle, but I would rank it Williams, Peyton, Randall um, as far as just like considering price and everything
2: else. So outside yeah, I, of that, don't, I don't like, think you can play Randall on this slate, man. Like I just, I know that's what really I'm saying tough. though. But like, unless Davis is out, it's really, you're looking for 50 and it's thin. And I just think like, I dude, by the way, Frank Jackson is a really good play. I want to just point that out. Like right, if you're not 30, playing out, yeah. play Frank Jackson. Sorry.
3: Yeah, no, Frank Jackson is firmly in play. Like, if I'm playing Randall, it would be more of, like, if that quad news does come out, like, or Lowry, or if one of those guys sits, then I'm probably playing Randall. Because mm-hmm. if one of those guys sits, I think it's a closer road to this game staying close. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, It's kind of it. I don't have anything else. I do like the Jackson, man. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I really like him at 32. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go. Okay. See, okay. See at LAC taking on the Clippers LAC 236 and a half total here. Clippers favored by one and a half in this game. Um, we don't have an injury report on the thunder. Obviously they're playing as we're recording. Um, the Clippers though, you know, Wilson Chandler has been upgraded to questionable. So we'll have to see how that all news all comes out. Really. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Um, you know, obviously we look at this game and, Two teams that are in the playoff hunts and want to win this game. What are we looking at here on the Thunder Sun?
2: Um assuming that everybody's playing, because we never know what's gonna happen on the second back to back these days. Uh, I think they all will. But I'm I'm pretty much like, so this is a weird like Paul George slept with Doc Rivers daughter thing a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not a good narrative for Paul George, in my opinion. I think it's actually the like one of those reverse narratives. I just don't think you play anyone from this side except for Westbrook. And that's only because he goes really hard at Beverly because he hates when people go hard at him. So you can argue that Westbrook is a better play than Harden and I think it's a reasonable argument. So he's the, he's the spend up for me. I don't really think I'm going to touch them elsewhere. I don't like Adams with George in the role that they've had. If you look at his rebound numbers with George on the court, they're way down. So, I think that it's just Westbrook for me on the uh, the OKC side. Even though this game should be high scoring and fast paced, uh, I can't really find anybody else I love.
3: Yeah, Westbrook is the guy that I had written down as well. I played. Um, I told everybody to play with Paul George on Thursday, and you know, let's let's flip that role here and play Westbrook in this matchup. I know. Westbrook really hasn't had that, like, monster game in a while, and this could be a spot that, like, he just has a blow-up game if he's not having it as we're recording. Um, The Clippers side of things, like, Lou Williams has been a guy that, you know, he's been up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, What are we looking at here on the Clippers?
2: I think there's supposed to be somebody I'm supposed to love here. (laughs) Um, I think Lou Williams is fine. I think that for me, it's Harold and Shea will be the only guys who make my like long shot tournament rosters. I like Harold and these, you know, th- this game's gonna play fast. OKC's defense has been really shaky, and they've been playing really fast. So I like this game to be quick, and I kind of like Harold, but I think it's Harold and Shea are my only interest in this game. Is
3: it crazy that the only person that I had written down on the Clippers side was Patrick Beverly? thinking about like i thought about fast, it like think about how fast this game is going to be like he has the potential to get like five easy steals in this game right like yeah putting his hand out there for like certain parts of this game uh, you know obviously mm-hmm. that obviously probably doesn't happen here but
2: you no, know that's every... a good point actually like i thought about the the Westbrook versus they've had things against each other i mean beverly's the one who causes it, his first initial knee injury by the way tore his mcl Like, that was what happened in the playoffs. Westbrook came back in that same game, I think. That was with Durant, so I think he had 46-19 and 15 or something. Like, he just went harder at him, and Beverly comes at him even harder every time. Like, so maybe there's something to that little 1v1 stack. Like, I think there's something there.
3: Yeah, and I, I, I don't know the last time these two teams have played. I know Beverly doesn't have great stats against them this season, but it'd be interesting to see, like, if they've played after the break ever since Beverly's been getting like this massive mm-hmm. run or not. So something I'm going to look up in the morning. Uh, last game here is Denver at Golden State, two and a half total here and Golden State's favored by five and a half. Lyles continues to be out. We get the two best teams in the West right now, the Warriors and the Nuggets. This should be a really, really good basketball game. Bobby, is this a game that might fly under the radar? Or do you think this is a game that people stack up knowing how good these two teams are? Let's start with Denver
2: and give me your thoughts on the stack. Too hard to stack. Like how are they going to figure out how to do it exactly? It's, it's so complicated. And with Denver, as we saw like last night, like, or the night before, depending on when you're listening against the Lakers, you can see so many different guys get going and their bench can even like, there was one point, point where I was worried the bench was going to blow it out so bad that it was going to cost me everything. Cause they're they're loaded um i think that what you do though is you play gary harris right now yes yeah, i so
3: mad i didn't do it the other night oh i know we, i know
2: he yeah. got hot the other night but like the minutes are there now he's starting again let's go gary harris is 1500 too cheap at his worst even with their all these guys gary harris is the guy to play i argued the other day on the on on our show that we did live That he was the better play than Hay—he was the pivot off of Hayward. Unfortunately, Hayward had a pretty good game too. But anyway, but Harris is at 4K, just way too cheap, and now has his minutes back. And this is a game they care about. He's going to play 30 plus. Like, let's go. Let's lock him in. Like he's let's go with it. If he if he fails for us, let's move on. But even if he fails, he's probably putting up 20 plus. So you're okay. Just play Gary Harris.
3: Dude, I'm so mad I didn't pull the trigger the other night. I was like, he's at the point that he's too cheap and his minutes are trending in the right direction and it's the Lakers. I need to play him and I didn't. And I won't make that mistake again. Even if he busts here, so be it. I'll play him again the next slate. Like, if if he's going to play 25 plus minutes at 4K, he has upside. And the fact that he played 30 minutes against the Lakers in a game that wasn't even that close, like, I know that it was like
2: competitive, like, come on, let's go. He can 10 X this price.
3: Yeah. I'm with you. I love Gary Harris here. So uh, I'm with you. He's probably the top value play on the entire slate. And I know it's like crazy coming from the last game on the slate, but he's, he's just a great play here outside of Harris though. Like, you know, Barton can get hot and score. Um, You know, Millsap could have a big game here, um, but his price is still kind of where it should be. Jokic is Jokic. like it, obviously this is a spot that you can have a big game I, I don't think it happens he doesn't typically play well against golden state um it really might just be harris for me on denver and it feels wrong to just that that's the only exposure i'm going to get on the denver side
2: i actually like Jokic better now that demarcus is there so i kind of like Jokic as a the, the problem is I, I, I sort of like Russ and Harden probably a little bit more for upside, but I do like Jokic, but I, the main guy for me, other than Harris is Jamal Murray. I think that like you put this guy anytime on these huge slates, just gets completely lost, will routinely six to 10 times a year, put up like 50 plus, sometimes in the 60s and 70s, because he can put up 50 real life points, which he's done before. Um, this is the kind of matchup where you get him going. And he's like, a, he's a talker. He's, he thinks he's better than everyone else, which I love for DFS. It's why he always, you know, owns, I always play him against the Lakers and I always play him against teams like this. And I think, I feel like this is a Jamal Murray spot at zero ownership where you just take, like, he is the tournament play, but like, instead of playing him like 10% on you, like a normal slate, I think I would play him like 30% here. I really like this spot for him. I think this game does stay competitive. I like Jamal Murray to be the other guy than Harris that goes off here.
3: And his shots attempts have been up too. So that, if like I don't, I think that's a good call. Uh, I like the Murray call. I can't get behind Jokic, but I like the Murray call. Like me not playing Jokic seems like a thing. Like a like a thing that happens all the time, though, right? Like Murray um, hasn't
2: been below thirty in seven games, and he's going to be zero owned. Like he's a cash game play that you're getting at tournament ownership. Like. And he hasn't played well and still been getting his value. You know what I mean? That's the exact kind of guys you want, you know?
3: For sure. Uh, Golden State side. (laughs) Um, Golden State side is like anytime this team is healthy and everybody's playing, it's really hard to figure out who to play. Is there anything that's really standing out to you here for Golden State?
2: I think it goes Steph, Clay, Draymond, Demarcus Durant. Like they're all in play but I don't really like, I'm not like in love with any of them. And it's all really close between all those guys. I think the easy thing that people do, like sometimes is a default to clay and Draymond. That's probably okay here. Um, I do think this game will play fast and I think it's going to be competitive. I think they want to win this game. I think they were embarrassed in their home court against Boston. So I think this is, uh, I I think one of these guys probably gets there. I just, it's hard for me to know which one I'm giving the edge to Steph right now, and I like Draymond and Clay's price, but honestly, it's really hard picking.
3: Yeah, like Denver has not gotten better against the two. Like, as bad as they've been against the two for years, you'd think, like, you know, that's just something that they've gotten better, but they still rank last in defensive efficiency against shooting guards, and it's just like,
2: Cause they put Gary Harris on the one every time. Cause he's the better defender yeah, Murray's stuck for on sure. The, like this is what happens. And Murray doesn't do as well when he chases him around. That's yeah. Sorry. No, no,
3: I, I, I know the re I like, I completely agree with you. Like they put Harris on their best guy and that's going to be Steph Curry. So like clay is in a position here that like he could have a big game. So, and if for some reason they don't put Harris on Curry, like Curry's in a position, he could have a big game if he's going to get Jamal Murray mm-hmm. defense. So, I'm with you. I like the two guards. I'm. I don't know if I would play them together, but Clay or Curry is very, very much in play. Even like in a one line of build for me. Um, I think I end up on one of those two guys because of the matchup. So, I like this game. This is probably going to be a really competitive game, and mm-hmm. we we love competitive games for DFS.
2: Yeah, this is one of the best ones on on the slate. Like just for, well, no, it's the best game on the slate just for watching.
3: I don't know about that. Like uh, Dallas, really? Orlando.
2: Like, come
3: on. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here for the weekend. Uh, Bobby, give me your favorite game to go over or under.
2: Uh, I'm gonna take the Washington Charlotte game. I, well, I didn't know what the over under is. Two thirty
3: four highest total on the slate. Oh, oh my goodness! Highest total on the slate.
2: Okay, let's take the over still. <laughs> I just <laughs> I think that's like this. You got a little sneaky early game stack there.
3: I'm going to take the under um, in the Chicago Detroit
2: game. I thought you were going to say the same game. I was like, oh, damn. We got the first no, time at no. the morning grind as as I heard.
3: No, I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do that to somebody. Maybe I'll do it to like, Grant. <laughs> to, to just, to Grant. See, like, just to get a reaction. Um, favorite <laughs> play under 5K to 7X?
2: Uh, can it be 5K?
3: No, it has to be under five k. Has to be forty nine hundred and lower.
2: Uh, my guy is at five k, so I have to relook. So yeah, no, Elf Peyton for you. Yeah, that was my easy guy. Uh, I'm actually I'm shocked. Say Chris Dunn.
3: Wow, that is not who I thought you were going
2: to pick. You thought I was going to say Jabari
3: Parker? No, I uh, thought you were going to say Gary Harris. Like I almost read. Oh, in a,
2: oh, no. oh, my goodness! I was thinking of him as my like. I always think of like the second play you say as like being the bigger one, but it's the six X guy. So yeah, I should have said Gary Harris there, but I I would have said him for the six X, but you could take him for the seven. That's fine. No,
3: I'm not. I'm not going to take him for the seven. I am going to take Kendrick Williams. I really like the spot for Kendrick Williams.
2: I like it. I'll take Gary Harris. Oh, you're gonna take him for the six X. 6x, sorry. <laughs> uh,
3: over 8k to under 5x. Who's your bust today?
2: Wait, who's your who's your under? Who's your under? Who's We're, who's your we'll today? get there, buddy. Oh, like, I have sorry. a system. Like my bad. I, have, I jumped I have this, I, jumped I have the system. I,
3: I know you're new to the morning grind. Uh, welcome, uh, first time first time listener,
2: first time caller. <laughs> um, who's your bust? Uh, my bust is. I can't say it. It feels. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I like that bust. It's the Hammer Randall for me. Yeah, I'm going Jokic. <laughs> you always go Jokic. You
3: always I go I Jokic, Jokic, Jokic way too. Guaranteed
2: much. Jokic for 75 tomorrow. <laughs>
3: <Not> <laughs> and your six X play is your boy Gary Harris. Gary Harris. And uh, I'm going to stick to what I said earlier. I love Kimba Walker on this slate, and I don't want to get I that. I don't it. want that to get lost on this slate. So. I think Kemba goes for 6x here. I think he has like 7 or 8x potential. So um, I want to go all the way back to that first game we talked about. Make sure you guys don't forget that um, I really like Kemba today. Uh, Bobby, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
2: No, I love it. I'm with you on Kemba, and I hope we don't inflate his ownership too much because I really like him.
3: <laughs> on a nine game slate, I'm not too worried about it outside of people that are stacking that game up uh, on the early side. So. That is going to wrap it up here for the Friday edition of the Morning Grind. We'll be back on Monday talking some more basketball. I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. If you're playing Fantasy NASCAR, make sure you head on over to rotogrinders.com NASCAR to get all my NASCAR stuff here, and uh, we'll have a, a good weekend over there as well. So have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday, my birthday, talking some more basketball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.